0: Welcome back to another episode of Unprofessionals Asking Questions. I'm Sid. And I'm Julia. And this is episode number 19. What happened to the solder children? Dun, dun, dun. And I only did uh, one dun, dun. I was just like, dun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still scary. I meant to go dun dun dun. dun dun dun. Um, so any news before we hop into this episode? Well, we are kind of rebranding. Yeah. Experimenting with our image. Yeah. We were experimenting with the logo. Just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of gear it more towards the direction we're taking yeah. the podcast, which is our minds. Wherever. Yeah. Which we knew we, <laughs> that we knew that's what we wanted to do. But mm-hmm. I think now that we've done it for a few months, I don't know. It's just this new image is. More fitting. Yeah. But the, you'll still see the moon. You definitely see it's the moon. <laughs> yes. And if you go outside, you'll probably see the moon. Oh yeah. And we <laughs> didn't take that away from you. <laughs> Maybe later. We yeah. Okay. Anyway. But so um you'll see like new some new branding, some new imagery, new shit. New vibe. Yeah. Sort of. Same vibe, but same vibe. vibe. Improved vibe. vibe. Sure. Different imagery. Glow up. Glow up. I've been waiting my whole life for one. Right? Same. Still. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have some sad news kind of to share. Are you looking for something over there? Are you okay? (laughs) Okay. I'm just checking. You look like you lost something. Is it just in your pocket? Great. We're so On. So, something sad kind of happened when I was on my way home from work today. I'm scared dude. I passed and you'll know what like this main road and I'm just kind of gesturing towards Julia because she's also local and knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, this road mm-hmm. on my way home, the long stretch, came down like, the the hilltop. Yeah. Okay. Came Down the hilltop right over here. There's mm-hmm. that stone lot that people pull off and park. Mm-hmm. There was an Amish buddy. Buddy. There's an Amish buddy. Oh, no, no buddy. Amish buggy sitting there. Okay. And there was an older Amish lady and a younger Amish lady out of the buggy. And I didn't see a horse. And the <laughs> this like a horseless buggy. When the one Amish lady, the younger one, was sitting on the ground doing something. Again, I was driving. I was trying not to rubberneck and get in an accident. So yeah, because it's a sketch road. It you know. is. So I'm like, shit, and it's right before I have to like make a sharp left turn. Yeah. So I slowed down. I didn't really get to see what was going on. But whenever I got home, our tenant pulled in right after us, or after me. It was only out in my car. Um, us, me in the car, I guess. <laughs> so she pulled in after me and she was like, Did you see the horse? And I'm like, Did she just what? break away? And I'm like, What? And she, cause she was coming the opposite the direction room. I was anyway. What? To overheat. Listen, I'm getting through I'm my story. So <laughs> I told you this was sad news. I was hoping it was like in the quarry or something. I don't know. So we were driving opposite directions, so I was very confused when she asked me about where the horse was. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. Well, being in the quarry would not make it any more <laughs> happier. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know either. I was just going with it. Um, but did you see apparently words? she saw more than I did. So I kind of caught it all at the aftermath, but when she was on her way home from somewhere, going down the same road and direction I was going in. There was an Amish buggy off to the side of the road, not in that stone lot, but on the road mm-hmm. going up the hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the horse was down and there was a car with a dent in it. <gasps> oh, man. And so she asked me, she like ex- said all this stuff to me that she saw. And I'm like, shit, no, I didn't see any of that. I saw the buggy. So the horse, over. the car hit the horse. I don't know she didn't see anything she just kind of saw those things oh wow isn't sure what happened either but i mean by the time she went by and then i went by the buggy was moved over into the stone lot and there was no other cars i was just gonna say so there's like no no emergency she said traffic was backed up whenever she was going nothing for me and she came in after you well, no, she went down to the school and came back. Oh. So I don't know how much time she said there wasn't much time that passed from her driving by until she just talked to me. And I'm like, well, I didn't even see where the horse was unless he was laying down somewhere over there. But how would they have moved him? How does the buggy even end up moving unless the horse was okay? And but I don't know where the horse went after that. Yeah, because you would think if someone came to haul them, the horse, yeah. or if it was even dead and came to haul it, they would take the, the family from the buggy. Right. I don't know why they were just sitting there like, well, the there. do waiting. you think the horse was in a ditch like I on the side of the road? the road? They just like rolled it to the side until someone could come. I don't know. I feel terrible. When I don't, even so so I don't sad, really dude. know what happened, but when I first drove by it, my first instinct was, did their horse run away? And I, then when she asked me if I saw the horse i was like wait what and now i'm like i don't know what happened and i don't want to know and we probably won't know really no it's so why and i were coming over the um the mountain that connects to yeah (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it reminded me of the time this one summer like there's a line of Amish buggies going up the mountain, but it was such a hot day. Mm-hmm. And this one horse was just like foaming out the mouth and like falling over like the so buggy, but then they just kept whipping and whipping. And I was like, You're gonna kill that fucking horse. So mm-hmm. that's I was expecting you to say like it overheated and like died, because that happens a mm-hmm. lot. Uh but that's terrifying. I know. I know. Anyways, go listen to our Amish. Exactly. A-ish back to the, the previous episode that we did, it was I think so it was number three. But yeah, it was an early one. We did not talk about animal abuse in that episode. So, if you want to learn other things about Amish people, let us know. Well, there you go, go listen to it and then let us know if you want to hear more. Yeah, heard about it. Yeah, so what is our topic today? Okay. Did we even say, I did, I said in the beginning, it's what happened to the song? Oh, you did. I was like, are we really seven minutes in and haven't said the topic? You know, I listened to. <laughs> many other podcasts that go for like half an hour before getting into something so I'm not that worried about seven minutes well I wasn't worried I was just curious if we said it or not yes when I first said hello anyway have you ever heard all right are you ready are you done goofing around yep okay you look comfy over there I am (laughs) we relocated that's amazing yeah we should have mentioned we did relocate same like area of the house it's just we move from the dining room into like the parlor so we're sitting on the parlor chairs. you fucking a parlor. i know it is i know i love it you make such a nice i have a powder room too <laughs> but that's just my closet so i don't know but it's like on the breaker box cult and it says powder room but i'm like i don't really know what you mean by powder room but your closet on the well, breaker no, box- upstairs by the bathroom mm-hmm. like that room there with the back staircase
1: oh yeah
0: yeah. is up. A- Leads up to it. Yeah. called out the Powder Room. So. Okay. Which I guess, it, I don't know why a house would have a powder. I don't know. I mean, I mm-hmm. just go into the bathroom, but I guess back then they yeah. had it. So, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Moving on. Sorry. See you off topic again. The 100th time. Have you ever heard of the solder Children? No. Really? I don't think. Because I feel like everyone has covered it. It's, just one of those cases that everybody not everybody but like I say this a lot and then you go and then I start talking it. about it much like, oh, let me tell you the rest of it because I know it yeah I won't do that today all right well so this is a bit of true crime more of a mystery though because this case is still unsolved oh. no one quite knows what happened and I'm going to start off kind of setting the scene and, oh, do you have the pictures pulled up? Yeah, I was trying to zoom, but it was being... Okay. So, the this is set in 1945, West Virginia, okay? West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now. The, at this time, the Sauter family had a ton to celebrate. It was Christmas time. World War II finally ended, and they had a son who was in the Army who was going to be coming home soon. Since the war was over. So they were thrilled. They were excited. They were having a great time opening presents, hanging out, you know, just relaxing from the daily work and chores of the day. But little did they know that when they went to sleep on Christmas Eve, that their lives would change forever. So around 1:30 in the morning, again, it's December 25th, 1945, around 1:30 a.m. In Fayetteville, West Virginia, Jenny Sauter the mother woke up to the smell of smoke creeping into her and her husband george's bedroom oh no yes so jenny and george cute names wake up around 1 30 in the morning to smoke coming in their bedroom frantically of course she starts to look because george isn't awake yet jenny's the light sleeper because she's the mom and the woman that's just kind of how it happens you know so she wakes up to the smoke and she's like, oh shit, what's going on? Starts running around the house to figure out what's happening, We didn't really wake George up yet. Maybe in case someone was just burning toast or something. Mm-hmm. Found out they had toasters in 1945, to be honest. Probably. Can that I? Happened. Well, that was, I have a question. Sure. Did, did they have smoke detectors? No. Oh, it it would have come up at some point, probably, but. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't, sorry. Did not. So okay. No alarm was going off. Okay. And she woke up to the smell. Okay. So it could be, you know, maybe something not a, an emergency causing mm-hmm. fire, but it's also 1 in the morning right so who knows so she's running around trying to figure it out and after she follows the trail she finds that in her husband's study the walls are engulfed in flames it is on fire oh, wow. his study so she screams she's like oh shit she goes to george wakes him up because they needed to get all their kids out of the house. it's not just them they need to go get their kids and they had a lot to rescue. They had nine to try to get out of this house during a house fire. Okay. Oh, okay. this is all Um, them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a classroom photo or something. Mm-hmm. No, that's all. That's their cackle <laughs> children. You're dropping everything out of your pocket. We're done. We're putting them oh, over God. there. All right. Um, so, yeah, they had nine to get out of this house. And it wasn't going to be like really easy, like, let me run down the hall past every bedroom and drag them out. No, because these kids were scattered throughout the whole house. It sounds like a big house if you have nine kids and a study. Yes. Okay. So, the only one they really knew the location of was their baby because she stayed in a crib in their bedroom. So, she was good. So, she was with them already. But they did run around trying to wake up the kids or yell to them because everything was on fire. So, they found their oldest daughter on the couch downstairs. So they woke her up, had her make sure the baby was okay and take her with her. And the parents like yelled around to the other ones. The oldest son, John, and the, one of the middle sons did hear them, got up, yelled to their other siblings to get out and ran out of the house. Everyone gets outside. They turn, they look, house is on fire completely mm-hmm. and but what was weird because just keep this in mind that the christmas lights are still on and they can see them lit up through the window so that's just something that's like to eerie note. it is creepy but note that for later also okay because that's a that'll come back and not only do they see that their house is on fire when they look around they turn and they see that they only have four children with them out of nine so there are five more kids that are still in the house. Wait, didn't you? Did you really only say four earlier when you were saying, or did did some go missing when they thought they were safe? So that only four went out of the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. The two boys, the girl and the baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have the oldest son, John, who's 23. We have Marion, who is 17. We have George Jr., who is 16. And the baby Sylvia, who's three. I mean, wow. they say baby in all the articles, but to me that's yeah, that's template. yeah. <laughs> you no, know. I was picturing like a newborn. Yeah, no, like two or three. Okay. Like that. So that's who was with them, and yeah. the ones who were missing, we have Maurice, who was 14, Martha, 12, Louis, nine years old, Jenny, eight, Betty, five. Oh man. Mm -hmm. So from five years old through 14 years old, these five children are not with them. So they are somewhere in that burning house. So they freak out, obviously. I mean, what else would you do? So they try to get back in, but the flames are too much. They're everywhere. The smoke is too much. So George has this thought maybe I can scale the side of the house, get up to like the attic window or the second floor window and try to get through there. So he sort of tries to climb up, but then he like breaks through the window and slices his arm. Okay. So that doesn't really work out. It yeah, it doesn't. He um, doesn't quite get up in there. And so he tries then to, because he has like a few different methods he tries to like get into this house. And at one point, he, there's this barrel that he keeps on the side of the house that's filled with water. He's like, okay, maybe I can use this to help me like get through the hallway or something. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. He goes over to it, it's frozen solid. It's December 25th, oh, right. January, right. 1945, before climate change was a thing. So. <laughs> It was cold and it was frozen. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't going to work. So then he's like, oh shit, I have a ladder on the side of the house. I'm going to use that. I'm going to climb up the side of the house and get into those windows and get the kids. Him and the two sons that did make it out, they ran over to grab the ladder on the side of the house. It wasn't there. It was just missing? No idea where where it went. But it was, they knew it was. It was always there. Okay. Always. And they're like, okay. Next. So then George remembers he has two different like work trucks parked at his home. He's like, maybe I can drive these trucks over to the side of the house, jump on the roof of the truck and get up to the window from there. My gosh. Okay. So maybe all collapse by the time. (laughs) Him and the sons run to these trucks, try to get them started, they won't start. It worked perfectly the day before. Oh wow. Let's keep that in mind as well. So we have you know all these obstacles in the way. He Mm -hmm. can't get up through the window by himself. Cut his arm. Flames and smoke are too bad to like go through the door. Mm-hmm. Tries the water in the barrel; it's frozen. Tries to use the ladder; it's gone. Tries to use the trucks; they're dead. They're not working. Yeah, it's either all a really big coincidence or really, really bad luck. Yeah, maybe. Suspicious. Yeah. So I try all this. Meanwhile, oh, I did forget to mention this. Before they completely got out, Jenny, the mother, did try to call the fire department
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the phone was dead so meanwhile george and the boys are trying to get into the house mary and the oldest daughter ran over to the neighbors and she's like okay hey can you please call the fire department they try they can't get an operator on the line because mm-hmm. again this is 1945 you need an operated operator to get anywhere if you want to talk to somebody So no one was on the line but then there was a passing motorist who just happened to drive by and they wanted to help so they drove into town because the town was only like two miles away two two and a half from where they lived and this passing motorist ran into town and went into a local tavern and went to use the phone couldn't get an operator on the line. why well I almost honestly all I can think of is it was really understaffed for Christmas oh right at 1 30 Christmas One thirty in the morning Mm -hmm. it's 1935 45 45. so I know, it's still really weird that all these things are happening to Series them. Series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Or is it? So this, you know, passing motorist, he doesn't get through on the tavern phone, so he just decides to drive straight through the fire department. Not through it, to it. Yes. To the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> and the only person working there is the fire chief. He talks to him. And there's no alarms either, no sirens. At this point. That's crazy to think about. That's not that long ago. No. No. So they can't just ring the siren. There's actually a phone tree method to getting everybody called in to service. So he starts calling this list of volunteers to all come in at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning on Christmas. Because also, he can't drive the fire truck by himself. So like he couldn't even leave. He had to wait for all these volunteers or at least a couple to come to the fire station get in their gear them get into the fire truck them drive the two and a half miles to the house and at this time I don't even think they had any um smoke uh like what is it like respirator mass- things yeah. or you know what I mean like to like protection. prevent the yeah, yeah. Like, apparatus. is things, that a normal like that. thing for like fire trucks can't be operated with one person? I don't know. Okay. I was like it, I didn't know that. I think that in nineteen forty five it was a, a more big, complicated like, thing tank. to drive, perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe someone had to be in it while the other person is like posing. I'm Oh, sorry. meaning to operate I didn't get too far into that. Like he wouldn't be of use even mm-hmm. if he took it there by himself. Possibly. Versus I was just picturing. I should like, look more into that. Two people like <laughs> Like a fucking like pilot needing like a co pilot, yeah, in a sense, like in an airplane, <laughs> it might be similar to that. I yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe there's two wheels, no, well, at least not on the modern ones. Actually, can you Google 1945 fire trucks? Yeah, I'm on it. I don't know where my phone went because what if they have two wheels? So they're oh, like shit. rather small <laughs> compared to the fire just, trucks. you didn't now. have a license, and know how to drive. Yeah, he had too many DUIs, <laughs> maybe. 1945 Mack fire truck at Kiss Me 2020. Oh, nice looking truck. Let's just, can one person drive a fire truck? It has a tiller truck, is a fire engine. It has two drivers with separate steering wheels <gasps> for front and rear wheels. Huh? Does a fire truck have two drivers? The main driver sits in. The front cab and steers the front axle and the other sits in the rear tiller cab and steers the real axle. That's why the there are people. That you need for that Yeah. Because that would make, because you know how they're always like sitting like, I thought it was just like to haul everybody. Yeah. Was, like the back of the cab. Huh. When required for maintenance, the rear axle can be locked and the front operator can drive the truck like a tractor trailer. Okay, Fire Chief, then why don't you try that? Because it was 1945, maybe oh, they didn't yeah, have that, that option. Happened. Yeah. The general crew is five people. Oh. Okay. You learn something new every fucking day. How about it. Every Did you hour, know maybe? that there were two? drivers for a fire truck. I've had a bunch of people who were like, you guys are dumb," Yeah, like, like screaming weird. at us right now. Sorry about it. Well, maybe I did already know, and that's why, like, well, subconsciously yeah. I was like, I think there's two steering wheels. Maybe, because, like, remembering, like, preschool, kindergarten. And, yeah, you... but I don't remember that. Right. I don't know. Might as well know. Anyway, I'm glad we learned that. So, while the fire chief's doing all that, George makes his last attempt to try to get into the house. Nothing works. There's no way for him to get in. And unfortunately, the family's just forced to stand there and watch while the house burns down within 45 minutes. That's is like gone. one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes, is so all will tell you, it's gone. So this would have put it at between 2 and 2.30 in the morning on Christmas Day. Did you have a fire escape plan in your house growing up? No. The one thing my... We I remember that. my dad was more strongly about it, but it might have been... I just know both my parents, like, talked to us about it, but he would, like, review it. Like, we had, like, different routes we were supposed to take in certain That's parts awesome. of the house. Yeah, no, it's something that I want to, like... Like, if I would have kids, I would carry mm-hmm. that on. Or we, keep quiet so you can get out safely. Well, yeah, we've already talked about it, because... You want to leave them yeah I've always been like no no we always had that yeah no I only practiced that at school I think mm-hmm. as far as I remember that's what he said too but it's yeah. kind of sad it is sad but it's like I get it because it is one of my fears like mm-hmm. I if I'm not there when there's a fire like what about my animals I think about all uh, the time I don't want to think about that yeah I would just pray that they'd be able to get out yeah so 45 minutes they stood there. They watched. Unfortunately, there was nothing that they could do. And so maybe your next question is, how is this an unsolved case?
1: <laughs> how yeah. is this
0: a mystery? Isn't this yeah, open, open it, and shut? Yeah, that's what I was thinking in the beginning. The it was a house fire. They didn't get out. They died. They perished in the fire. No, nope, you're going tell Did me they? now. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's why it's still unsolved. Oh, That's insane. <laughs> And before I go any further into the fire, we're going to go back and rewind a little bit and talk about George and the family. Oh, okay. Did he do something? I don't know. Did he owe money? <laughs> so, George Sauter, he was born in 1895 in Sardinia, Italy, with the name Giorgio Sadu. Saudu? S-O-D-D-U. First name. Did it change Gorgia. when he immigrated his family immigrated over think he immigrated I guess if it was happening in West Virginia and he came from I'm sorry (laughs) context clues (laughs) sorry to give away people in 1908 at the age of 13 is when he immigrated to the United States okay one of his older brothers brought him over oh and when they got to Ellis Island made it through customs his brother was like nope bye and left and went back to Italy no one really knows why. No one even really knows why Georgia left Italy to begin with, because he won't talk about it. Or, he's passed away now, but he would never talk about it, and throughout his entire life, he did not talk about it. So no one knew what his life was like there. No one knew why he left. They just know that his brother just was like, nope, I'm I'm going that, back? Yeah, they don't know why his brother didn't stay. But his brother's the one who Dude, that is a got him over like here. Like, people, some people didn't even yeah, make I know. it. And, and you're I'm just, like, like, gonna go back right away? Like, stay for a few minutes. Maybe no, you'll change your mind. I know, like you're putting your life at risk to go back mm-hmm. just by the travel. So isn't that strange? It's very odd. What family's letting their 13 year old go over by themselves anyway? Yeah. Without, if there's other siblings, why wouldn't, you know, like if you're trying to give your children a better life and send them away without you?
1: They why have to have money
0: too. Point? How do you get a trip there and back? Honestly, I don't know. Or I guess maybe you could just be down in the. I don't know. I don't know what the trip I don't know. I and think I learned change. about that in sixth grade. Yeah, maybe we should. So, might need to brush back up on my update ourselves. Whatever subject that is considered, I guess history and colonization. Mm, yeah. Age. No, this has already been colonized. Like at that time, I, I think it was
1: Ellis.
0: be social studies. Social I think. studies. That sounds about right. Right? I don't I'm know there. when do we learn about like Alice Island. I'm thinking I learned about it in sixth grade. Maybe, I don't know. So, I would probably call it social studies. Anyway, getting off topic a little bit. So, he gets over to the US, 13 years old. What do you do? You got to find work. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Because there's nobody over here. He's by himself. That's so terrifying. 13 years old. Now, think about In 1908, a 13 year old is like a 50 year old today. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Responsibilities and things. Or cultured, in a sense. he gets over here and he saw the US as the land of opportunity, like most people do, and that's why they moved here. So he decided to look for work and drum roll. Where did he end up working? What state did he go to? Um, let me think. Let me think West Virginia. Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we should okay. I thought you were doing it because they were no. in West Virginia. No, good old PA. Exactly. It always comes back to PA. Whereabouts in PA? Because I feel like I saw the whole fucking state today. Okay. Well, he worked on the railroads, so wherever there's oh, railroads, so I'm anywhere. Yeah. You know that stuff? Yes, thank <laughs> you. Now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. Alright, we're done. I don't even know if we're allowed to sing that. We're probably going to get sued by... Who's, who's is that? Thomas? Who owns that? The ABC? Oh, no. No. oh really? Can we really get sued just for singing it? Um, we paused in between. Yeah. Anyways, it's fine. It doesn't matter. We're probably going to sing it right. I'll cut it. No one can tell what the song is until Julie really sings it anyway. <laughs> Especially me. That was the whole joke of that. Do you know that song? Speaking of Britney Spears. Nope, we can't. Nope. You lost, right? There was a video of her singing. I didn't realize that she was... Like southern, I guess. I don't. Really yeah, they're from like her. Alabama or yeah. something. And she like was singing in a com- a country song and an accent, and I loved it. Really? Won't lie. To see that. Her sister, sister is in Sweet Magnolias. Oh, I thought you were into t- so Zoey. Shit out of me. Did you watch one Yeah, dude. You yeah. know they're bringing it back. I know. But oh, Jamie well, Lynn Harley, Spears, though. I don't know. There's something about her just bugs me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, iCarly they brought back. Yeah. My niece watches it. It's still on. Yeah, still it's on? like their new iCarly, but it's like oh, that's on thing. now. The new, the new stuff is oh, I didn't know it was already like mm-hmm, streaming. Mhm. Shit. Mhm. Off topic. Do you know they have like a That's So Raven one with like her it's kids now? No, I. No. Yeah, it's like her kids. I don't think I watch that as much. I mean. I, I don't like the bring backs. Like I like yeah. the OGs. Like Fuller House, I fucking hate. I never liked Full House. Mm. I was not a full. I, I wasn't a big full fan. House. I didn't hate it, but it's just I watched it. Fun. It was like, always on. It was creepy to me. Yeah, <laughs> it is a little big happy family. Day. That's why I'm so creepy. <laughs> it's like, this is fake. This is such shit. Okay. I don't know. I've never liked it. it creeps me out. I watched Sabrina more. I guess that oh yeah yeah that was my go-to mm-hmm. all right that they brought back and that did well it did do well I did like that yeah good hardcore I love Absolutely. that so good Ah, uh, anyways or right, anyway so George gets to PEA. I don't know why I said it like that he gets to Pennsylvania and he finds work on the railroads not really working on the railroads per se but more carrying water and supplies to and from the workers he was a water boy oh, again he was 13 years old oh right <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> well I don't know where labor law is a thing probably not but I don't know couldn't do much like that's so young I think mm-hmm. about now yeah, yeah. good for him me found job though who knows if he even had you know much experience in speaking English at that age anyway that's a good point <laughs> so maybe there wasn't maybe there was a barrier language barrier i couldn't really communicate so he just did water (laughs) (laughs) you know that song by schneid twain maybe waiter bring me water i need more than that that's the main part of the song i know i don't think (laughs) i know it it's basically about like her date or her boyfriend they're out to dinner and he sees a really beautiful woman elsewhere And she's like, waiter, bring me some fucking water so I can dump it on this bitch. Maybe if I heard it. Moving on. So, he carried water to and from the workers on the railroads. Eventually, though, a few years passed and he moved to West Virginia. So, he moved to Smithens, I believe, or Smithers. Smithers? Smithers, yes. Smithers, West Virginia. And became a truck driver. Okay. So, how old is he at this time? I don't actually know. If you say old. 15, I'm losing my shit as a truck driver. 14 ever. in three months. I'm stuff I do? I don't know. Old enough to drive. Okay. Old enough to learn how to drive. And you become right. a truck driver. Okay. Again, Smithers, West Virginia. After some additional time, he was just like, fuck this working for a boss shit. I'm gonna open up my own truck company. Okay. And be my own bus. So he does that. He, you know, he shoots for the goals and he gets it. But he opened up this company that hauls things. They initially hauled fill dirt to construction sites and then later it was hauling coal that was locally mined in the area. And one day, because this is still Smithers, West Virginia, one day he walks into a local store in town and he meets Jenny Cipriani and she is the daughter of the owners of the store who also immigrated from Italy and Jenny immigrated when she was three years old. She doesn't really remember much at all before that, but they both had something in common. So he met her and he was like, Oh, you're cute. Cute. And you're Italian. Yeah. I mean, these kids look super Italian. Yeah, they do. And so they hung out, they fell in love. They got married and they decided to settle in a two story timber frame home in Fayetteville, West Virginia. So they moved out of Smithers and into Fayetteville. Mm -hmm. And this is an Appalachian town. And I do say Appalachian. I know some people say Appalachian. I used to say Appalachian until one of my college professors was from West Virginia. And he said Appalachian all the time. And ever since then, that's what I say. And I think we're kind of on the border of the states where some of us what do you say? I guess I should ask. You just say Appalachian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe most people here say Appalachian. I don't know, but ever since that one professor, I say Appalachian. So each is a yeah. So he's from West Virginia. Did I tell you that? Mhm. Okay. <laughs> I w- I couldn't remember actually if I like left that part out and they're like yeah. just listening to a random professor. That's says <laughs> He's from there, so I'm like, okay, you're a local. Appalachian so mountains go stretch farther than West Virginia. Yeah. So do just West Virginians call it Appalachian Mm -mm. and everybody else calls it Appalachian? No, I think there's more people that, more states that say Appalachian. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Me neither. (laughs) So so they lived in a, they settled in a town around this area and the town was also a community of Italian immigrants. So a lot of them congregated to the same area. So they kind of felt at home at the same time. Being with like a community like that. Mm -hmm. So by 1923, they had the first of their ten children. So in the beginning, I did say nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They lose one. But I also mentioned in the beginning how they were excited for their one son to come home from the war. Oh, he was still away at war. Yes. So there were nine in the house. Mm -hmm. You meant, but okay, ten total children. So by 1923, they had their first, which was John, the oldest, who survives. And during all this time, George's business prospers. He is making money and he's making their family become one of the most respected middle class families around. Okay. So people were like making a name for himself. Absolutely. But not everyone really enjoyed their company, even like the local community of Italian immigrants, because George kind of had some of his own strong opinions about many subjects. Everything from business to current events and politics. You know, people love strong opinions about politics. That's one way to right. make friends. For sure. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really have a bad view on politics. So he hated the Italian fascist dictator, Benito Mussolini. Hated him. The rest in that community <laughs> didn't really hate him. They very much supported him. So they would butt heads a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to, why, again, did he leave Italy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Why, why just him at 13? I don't know. That's what's the they Kicking the... him out. Like, was his family, Maybe like, shunning beliefs, him? Because he did I don't know. But either way, he did not like Mussolini, and so there were always strong arguments amongst the immigrant community because most of them supported Mussolini. By 1943, the last of the Sauer children was born. So this is over a 20-year span. They had their 10 children. Poor Jenny. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's so many kids. (laughs) And again, one of the oldest sons, I believe his name was Joseph. It wasn't the oldest. I don't really know why the oldest John didn't also go into the army. Maybe he had some kind of, like, physical ailments that he couldn't go into the war. I don't know. But the second oldest son did. Joe. And you're saying the third oldest, didn't it? first oldest. The oldest, the very first kid they had, who was the oldest of all of them, did not go into the army. That's weird because but Joe did. And, and Joe was, like, was getting done in World War II, so, like, the oldest would have probably been drafted. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. So maybe he had some kind of physical ailments maybe. at the time, or, I don't know. Either way, the one that did go into the army, Joe, this is the last you hear about him, you don't hear about him again. No idea where he went or what happened. He just never came back Not home? a clue. Not sure. He's never mentioned again mm-hmm. that I could find. So I don't know. He mm-hmm. so has nothing to do with the rest of the So just never to be heard from. No. Did Maybe. they question him Like no, no I don't you? think so. I have no I have no idea. Maybe he did come home after everything happened and just wasn't in any of the media coverage at all. Okay. Like, but I'm really I'm really not sure. But regardless. So he went to war in 1943 when the last of the kids were born. That following year is when Mussolini was deposed and executed. And with George's criticisms of the late dictator, people were kind of even more not happy. Like annoyed with him or what? Like, you know how people can get when they're so supportive of their political leader. Right. And how offended they get when someone else doesn't like them yeah so can you imagine Especially back in the time they the- passed away i mean, they say passed away he's fucking executed. executed I was about to say and he was probably like in their face he like, peacefully. like he um like that's right like they put him down like right because he, he, he was against he was against yeah Mussolini. I don't know how vocal he was or if it was just if people brought it up to him if it was a civilized conversation on his end I have no idea I don't have any
1: but it,
0: it was, was known that he was, it was very known that strong because of his opinions of not liking him or agreeing with him it was well known that he would get into arguments with the others so that happened in 1944 and so we're right before the fires going because I mean, again fire was 1945 so we're getting closer okay and before we go any further, I want to discuss the odd events that occurred surrounding the solder family leading up to the night of the fire. Oh. Okay. Because some weird things kind of happened before the fire even happened. Okay. So he had that bad luck, you know, when the fire was going on, all those things not working out, his attempts to get into the house. Yeah, like the truck's not working uh, that did work, the ladder that was... Always there. Mm-hmm. The water was frozen solid, because I'm sure somebody did that instead of <laughs> Mother nature <laughs> Yeah, I know. When that one was so the ladder, the, the truck, the, the barrel, the barrel. Uh, that was it, right? That was it. That could have been probably tampered. You yeah. know what I mean? So we're going to go rewind a little bit to just a few months before the fire. So a few months before the fire took place, during the fall of 1945, there was a man, a stranger to the Sodders, who appeared at their home and was asking George about finding some work from his business. Like, do you have any hauling work that I could jump on and get employed? Need some money. George did want to help him. I think they were outside and he was, like, tending to the lawn or whatever. Okay. While they were talking. And he was like, I wish I could help, but I just don't have anything available right now. Which, you know, I get it. Maybe and just keep hiring can't always afford to hire all these people mm-hmm. just because they need a job. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't help them or help him. And he went to pull his pole. He went to put his lawn tools away back in the shed around the house. So he went and did that. The stranger followed him the whole way Ew, creepy. To the back of the house. And then randomly, he looks over at the house that has two fuse boxes attached to it. And he he commented on them and he said this really weird thing he was like this is going to cause a fire someday dude dude sus yeah so who just says that that to a stranger yeah like who said that in general maybe like you and me we after a while like we're just sitting there and be like Mm -hmm. you know spit out just like this i don't know what you see from looking at fuse boxes anyway like just on the like someone on the wall i can see yeah. if like a wire is out and be like, okay, mm-hmm. that's like a fire hazard yeah Sid, like yeah like fix that but i wouldn't do that to a stranger right like i wouldn't follow a fucking a stranger a around buddy. the house either i'd that's call creepy. you and be like i was at a stranger's house and i think it's gonna catch on fire so just beware <laughs> <laughs> and it i don't know it was that was very strange yeah and like who follows you that's like serious failure yeah so, he followed him around the house. And I don't have a name for this dude either. Like, I don't know that he was ever really found after this. Because I'm sure he didn't get his name. or took Right, he, he wasn't was going to hire him. Me. Right, so. Sorry, buddy, move on. Yeah, there wasn't any Sorry. ring doorbells back then to see who it was at the door. So, cameras, cameras, um, recording. Oh, ring doorbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No ring doorbell sponsor us. Yes. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I do ring to promote it too because of where i live. yeah creepy neighbor remember <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that weird thing kind of happened okay i don't know where he's like these and this, this was is just like a few days before months, months okay. mm-hmm. and he was like george buddy these are gonna cause a fire someday george was like you're out of your fucking mind mm-hmm. i just had this house rewired when i put in a new electric stove And the power company was here, checked it out, everything's fine. So Uh fuck off. This isn't like quotes. So when you hear these things, this is just me retelling the story. Just being like, bye. Yes. So they were just like, conversation was over, the stranger left. Uh Okay. Around the same time, like a few months before the fire, there was an insurance sam- salesman who came to the house and he tried to sell George life insurance on the children. What the fuck? Yeah. George was pissed. He was like, what the fuck? You want me to get, why would I put, get life insurance out on the kids? There's something that's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so it pissed George off. I mean, like people do put life insurance on their kids, but it's not like anything significant. Mm-hmm. And it's not that common. Like, especially for that time, I don't think. Right
1: was also door-to-door
0: knocking like that well i think he was his mm-hmm. agent oh already because i had also read his own and, and call calls agent and threaten him like why is his agent i don't know suspicious but like so i think he has already what's well, weird okay let me start over so i read this in a few different places but in other articles i couldn't find it at all so there was this insurance salesman there that was his agent, but there was an, either an ex-boss or an ex-employee of George's that they butted heads because of political views, but they still maybe remained friends. But what's weird is this other guy was a beneficiary on some kind of mortgage clause that he signed for some kind of insurance for, it was $1,500 that this beneficiary would get if something happened to the house. I don't know if this was some kind of like co I don't know, co-signer agreement of some way for him to get that house when they settled down. Yeah, I don't know no, I like really Again, I couldn't find this anywhere else. I just found it in a few different places and heard about it. So I'm like, all right. Okay. It's possible this happened. It's possible it's not. But anyway, there was what happened was I guess this guy who was the beneficiary went and increased the payout, like the premium for it. Not the premium yeah the payout i guess to like 1750 and didn't tell the family about it
1: they didn't tell them
0: the beneficiary didn't i don't know it's weird that's weird and then I too so i get into they think he was related to this insurance agent and this agent went because so i also like heard like that that guy was with the agent when they went to the house it's weird because it's up from 1945 Sometimes conflicted yeah. there's so many things that change throughout every article you read like little details so again maybe it happened maybe it didn't you know let me know if you know <laughs> <laughs> so when this insurance agent was turned down by george because george is again irate he was like no yeah what the fuck off my dude, yeah like, who says that shit who tries to sell you that shit this is weird so he was pissed and then the insurance agent being rebuffed also got pissed and he warned george "Quote: Your goddamn house is going up in smoke, and your children are going to be destroyed. You're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you have been making about Mussolini. What the fuck? Yeah. You're gonna pay for the dirty remarks. Mm-hmm. The fuck's that mean? <laughs> Why is he predicting the house going up in flames and the kids dying? Yeah." And like this is all like an Italian community, so well it's at the house. It's all happening at their house. We had the stranger first come comment on the fuse boxes. Yeah, and then we had this but insurance I mean, agent. Like, this is all coming like the Muslim, like in this area, mm-hmm. like these people, the insurance agent, and stuff. They're Italian as well. I, I, well, I would assume that insurance agent is because of his warning. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. stranger, I'm not sure. But it's weird. We have that stranger commenting on the fuse boxes and then we have this insurance agent saying, Your house is going to be burned down, your kids are gonna die. Yeah. Because of what you've been saying about Mussolini. And like, is that just their excuses to like for what they're about to do? I don't know. Like, it, oh, I tried it... to give him the chance. I tried to get a job from him. Yeah. I tried to help him out and give his kids life insurance, but they knew he was gonna say no anyways, and that was just like their way of being like their trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fishy though. It's weird. All right. So we have those two occurrences that were odd before the fire. And then a few days to possibly a couple of weeks, again, I saw various timelines on when some of the things happened. But a few days before Christmas, one day when the children were walking home from school, because so I think it was like maybe the last day of school before break, they were walking home down the road. You can see the road from their house. And some of the older boys were already in the house. And as they were watching to make sure the younger ones walked the rest of the way home safely, they noticed that there was a car parked along the road, and there was somebody in it watching the kids walk home. Like stalking
1: them?
0: Being some kind of creep. That's for sure. But nothing really happened. The kids went back inside, and then they didn't really think to tell their parents because, again, they're on winter break. Christmas is just a couple days away. They're going to have all these toys to play with, and they're going to have so much fun. So... They just kind of put it out of their minds and didn't bring it out to their parents. So yeah. it didn't come out until later. But wait, and how many days before? Just a few days, because it would have been the last day of school, basically. Okay. So give or take, like anywhere between like five to three days. Mm-hmm. Depending, I don't know what kind of break they got in 19, 19, 19 1945. 19. I mean from Australia? I don't know. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> anyway, so we come to Christmas Eve. And the Sauter family is spending a happy holiday together. They're opening their gifts. They're relaxing from long days of work. And the oldest sons, John and George Jr. Again, John is 23, George Jr. 16. They worked all day with their dad, helping him on the farm. So they were pooped and they're like, we're going to bed. So they went to bed. George also then went to bed. And this is around 10 p.m. Christmas Eve. Jenny, the mom, she stayed up a little bit later with the children, but when they begged to be allowed to stay up later than her going to bed, she agreed as long as the older boys, Maurice and Lewis, Maurice 14, Lewis is nine. So these kids were still wanting to stay up. She's like, okay, you two oldest boys within this group that is still staying up to play with your toys. You know, the two oldest ones need to go out, make sure the chores are done. Make sure the chickens are fed and the cows are put in. Mm -hmm. Make sure you close the house up for the night. I don't know why those things weren't done before, like, the parents went to bed anyway. <laughs> Different times. Six times. Well, I don't know. It might be the same for some people. But, yeah. So, then, so Jenny was like, do those things. I don't care if you stay up later. So, Jenny went to bed. And she took the youngest child, Sylvia, who's three years old, because she slept in their bedroom. She took her with them, or with her, to go to bed. And then, this was probably about 10.30 at night. So she slept for a little bit around 1230. The mom, Jenny, was woken up to the sound of their phone ringing. And she's like, oh, shit, 1230 a.m. on Christmas. This must be something important. Like, why is somebody calling me right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, 1230, she gets up. She goes to answer the phone. A woman was on the other end and clearly at some kind of party because Jenny could hear laughter and the clinking of glasses in the background and music. So this woman, she picks up, and there's this woman. It's like, hello. She hears all this background noise, like, at a Christmas party. But the woman didn't say anything? Well, the woman was like, hello, can I please speak with so-and-so? And she says someone's name that Jenny doesn't know. And she's like, I think you have the wrong number. Huh. And then the woman laughs weirdly and hangs up that's a quote that uh, from jenny later she's like that woman laughs kind of weird whenever we hung up like kind of like that creepy like warning know, like... Yeah, maybe i don't know so <laughs> oh, oh. she got the phone and she walked through the house just to make sure everything was okay can you just imagine <laughs> it's just like oh, oh, oh. no that was like santa <laughs> or like a wrong turn like no. that don't give me nightmares So she hangs up, and she goes to check out the house, and she's like, let me check on the kids, make sure everything's fine, because this is 1230, and she goes out there, the lights are all on, the curtains are open, doors unlocked, Mary and the oldest daughter is asleep on the couch, but all the other kids are nowhere to be seen, So she's like, they must have went up to bed, because they have rooms, like, up in the attic, I think there was two rooms that were split by a staircase on the very top floor, Mm -hmm. or the attic. Stop it! (laughs) Why are you trying to make this weird? It's already sad. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I hear, like, an attic, I either think Dude. of flowers, and attic, or Anne Frank. What do you think when you hear flowers? Flowers. Okay, then. <laughs> Weirdo. That's a good point, you know. <laughs> it's just there's more impact to it. Like, the story of it's the attic itself. Yeah, I think of, like... Maybe just because I'm rewatching it, but I think of Charmed because I'm like, that's where I'd have my book of shadows and shit. I don't know. Yeah. It's just spooky. Or Or I think of Bartholomew from first season of American Horror Story Locked Up in the Attic. Bartholomew, right? Yeah. Or was that the baby? Moving on. We need to probably (laughs) get moving. Oh, no, you're (laughs) good. I was just going to see if you cared if I grabbed some more water. No, I don't care. Are you sure? No. All right. So where did I leave off? Um, kids want to things. Oh yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back on topic. (laughs) I'm getting off topic a lot tonight. I can't help it. This is gonna be a long episode. I'm so sorry. Just have to deal with it. Yeah, you're everybody. (laughs) All right. So she was like, "All right, they probably all went to bed." Marion's asleep on the couch here. I'm sure it was just an accident. They forgot to lock the door, turn the lights off, close the curtains. Hopefully they at least fed the chickens and put the cows in. (laughs) Who the fuck knows? She was like, all right, I'm going the fuck to bed. So she closed everything up, turned off the lights, went back up to bed. She's like, I'm getting some goddamn sleep this time. Okay. It doesn't happen. Maybe half an hour, if that, later, she's woken up again. But it's not the phone ringing. It's just some kind of loud bang on the roof. Wait, so it's not even the smoke yet. Nope. That's, that's, really that's why she smoked the smoke first, because she wasn't having, like, a deep sleep. Like, all these things have woke her up, right? hmm So it's she hears something. on the roof? She, is it Santa? Is it reindeer? It is Christmas again. But anyway, no, it probably was not. So it hit the roof, and it sounded like it kind of rolled down. And She's like, hmm, that's sus, but I'm tired. <laughs> so she doesn't get up. She goes back to sleep. But she woke up to that and heard that. I mean, I probably wouldn't get up either. there. Shit, I would. If something hit the roof and sound like it rolled down. Why would I would be up and with flies like literally that. Literally smack by and be like, not me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We <laughs> would probably go down. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't go back to sleep. If you hear something like hit your roof,
1: just I go mean, when when
0: I'm getting threats and like everyone's tense around me. Maybe. Maybe unless I'm scared you're of one of those big, big trees so i probably would wake up <laughs> yeah probably good. so again too tired to worry about it goes back to sleep that's so crazy she didn't wake her husband up for it well uh, he's probably like dead to the world from like 1945 chores outside <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um she goes back to sleep and then she's woken up again and this time it is to the smell of the snow Ugh. And that's not that long after, because it was 1.30, she had the yeah. smoke. So, just within a couple hours, all these things happened. And she, again, she finds it in Georgia's step. All the walls are on fire, but she can also see the fire was, like, mainly around the telephone line and fuse box. That's, that's where I was going to ask you if they knew, like, where it started. Yeah, It was the fuse box. That's what they think. At least that's what Jenny would later claim that she saw when she went to the study was it looked like it was around fuse box. Oh. So she again runs to wake up George, gets the kids to safety, and again, only four made it out. But John and George Jr., 23-year-old, 16-year-old, only two boys that made it out, had alerted their other siblings or at least John had said that he had alerted his other siblings in the room like shook them awake later he does change his story and he says that he only yelled out to them so what he did not physically see the other five kids and wake them up to get them out of the house He was just yelling because mm-hmm. he didn't want to go down the so there were two rooms separated in the attic by stairwell and there was fire going up that stairwell. So I assume they couldn't get across to the other room, perhaps, if that's where they all like were. He was just yelling for them to get out like their window on. And okay. that's how he got out? No, he did come out through the house. But wherever it was, they just couldn't, like, I'm sure they had mere seconds to oh get down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So some say that the first story is always the true one. Some also say maybe it was just the one that he wishes he would have done. And he felt guilty. And he said it well, that it Depends to how they like interviewed slash interrogated him, mm-hmm. because they say with kids you was can 23. almost. Yeah. So maybe he felt guilty that he didn't go try harder to go in and find them. Yeah. So, he just wanted to tell his parents like yeah i, I tried and then later he's of con- like guilty mm-hmm. so that's pretty sad and again now they're outside they're realizing that their other five kids are still in the house jenny tries to call for help the line's dead again all these things playing over i won't go through the whole thing again But all those unfortunate, that series of unfortunate events that occurred where George could not get back into the house, the rest of his kids, the ones who survived, watched the house burn down in 45 minutes. And no one's coming. Like, ugh. The fire department doesn't end up getting there until seven hours after the fire began. Seven? Seven hours, two and a half miles away, seven hours to get there. Because you're pulling in volunteers on Christmas At one thirty, and no, but like one, if one other person came, yeah, that's my thing. Like, how many came at seven hours later? How many did all of them wait seven hours? I know at least the fire chief was there, and what happened to be Jenny's brother, who was a volunteer, I believe. Okay, well, it takes two people to tango, in the fucking till. Seven hours. No one really had an explanation. They just blamed it on Christmas night and just volunteer. Well, and I think they had a hard time finding people because a lot of them were already drafted into the war and hadn't, haven't come home yet. So mm-hmm. I think they were also just short on people as well. So just, he kept trying to call and call and call for hours until he finally got somebody. Like, I don't know, really. I don't know why you wouldn't just go grab people from the fucking tavern and be like, Hey, come help me put this fire out. Right. At that point. It's 1945. Right. Got, like, yeah. You can do it now. And... You can do whatever you in 1945. Wow. So, wow yeah that was so they just fucking it burned they, to the ground in forty five minutes and then they just what chilled there till rescue came at seven seven hours later, I guess I mean, did it catch like on their barn? no, just the house okay so fire department finally shows up the fire chief f j Morris, him and his team searched through the ash for maybe an hour, maybe two. Not a long time, regardless. To search an entire house. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they sifted through the ash, but according to them, at the time, they didn't find any human remains. Why is the fire department going through this? Shouldn't well, the police department? It'd be like the fire marshal.
1: No, oh, right. So I
0: think he was part of that, and they're the since it's. No disrespect fire. to that. It's just because of how you were saying volunteers before. Mm-hmm. I was just picturing like no, okay. Mary not, but you said for a yeah. So Morris, he tells the family that the fire likely burned hot enough to completely cremate all five bodies, bones, everything. In a 45-minute house fire, five whole sets of remains that should have been there were not there. didn't find anything from five... No, I know, I know that it has to get ridiculously hot to completely get rid of. um, Even burning for two hours at 2000 degrees Fahrenheit will not get rid of the bones. Yeah. House fires don't burn that hot. Mm -mm. Not within 45 minutes. Interesting. Again, there should have been, there should have been something. Not to mention the smell. You would have had the smell of burning flesh and hair. Would it be there after, like the forty-five minutes? Like, would the family even know that that was burning flesh and hair? I think you would. I think you would smell that. Five whole bodies. Mm -hmm. You've ever like caught your hair on fire before? Yeah. I bet you did. More than (laughs) once, probably. (laughs) Some (laughs) on purpose, some by accident. (laughs) Um, You know what that smells like, and then you you put flesh into that also. I don't even know why I'm saying flesh and not skin. It's kind of creepy, but I like the flesh, 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 and flesh. Can You put flesh in there, also. <laughs> no, it so would have to get sting. so hot. Yeah. But no, I'm just curious when there's like building fires now and stuff, and there are bodies that burn. Mm-hmm. Do people smell it? And I I do know there's normally there's normally bones, right? There's like remains. Yeah. So did doesn't someone anyways keep going just... don't know what happened so he's like I think they all burned up and there's nothing left so just to note though at the time and that's also, all he said basically he was like there's nothing this there. is what it is mm-hmm. but just to note at this time also when media was covering it there was two different newspapers that mentioned in an article I believe it was the next day after this happened. That they found partial remains while looking through the ashes. Two different newspapers said this. They later came back and said, "No, they didn't find any remains." So that was kind of weird. And they had yeah. no sources to cite on where they got say the Who told them that? Didn't cite anything in the in the articles. Um, I do. If you don't have to go to, I do did bring up the article though. Just gonna read it real quick. What they said. Is that one the photos? It's not. It's in my document because I just had the link after what I had said. But this is from thecrimewire.com. So several decades later, it's difficult, if not impossible, to definitively answer if any remains were found during that initial search. Some accounts state that no remains whatsoever were, were recovered initially. However, there are two contemporary accounts that suggest otherwise. So according to the State Sentinel on December 26, 1945, quote, tin roofing and other debris was removed and a part of one body was found. Okay. (laughs) So they found some debris and tin roofing and part of one body, is what this one newspaper is saying the day after it happened on this 26th. And they have no source to that. On January 2nd, a few days later, the Montgomery Herald had this to say in their article. Quote, No more parts of the bodies were found other than, as reported, the day following the fire. That small portion of a spinal column, apparently that of a little girl, six, was placed in a container and in turn placed in the center of the basement into which the others had fallen. So now they're saying that part A, part A, part of a spinal column was found of a little girl, and maybe instead of, like, really doing anything, they... Put those partial remains in a container and basically buried it into the foundation of the home. What? Yeah. Again, neither of those newspapers cited any sources for those two articles. The fuck. So I just wanted to bring that up because that's fucking weird. Where did they even get that? Or how did they just make that shit up? Unless it's all just you know nearby you know passerby people like that live nearby the neighbors are just seeing the shit happen and rumors start yeah you know what i mean and it just gets to oh yeah they found one of the it was, yeah. it was one of the girl's spines yeah so it could easily be that i just want to throw that out there so you that anyway so they did determine that the fire was caused by faulty wiring and believing the fire accelerated up through the walls of the house because of how quickly it burned down. So they think it was in the walls and that's why it went down so fast. There is a theory that the construction of the house was, quote, balloon construction where it's vertical rafters, mm-hmm. you know, instead of what we have today. Mm-hmm. So that makes a perfect chimney yeah, in the just walls blows right mm-hmm. up. So they do believe maybe that was the case. And I think this is a little later that they talked about the balloon construction. I don't think it was a theory back then. But Looking back now, they're like, that's probably why it went down. Right, the gas. they talk about, yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's probably no way to go back and find how it was originally built since it's completely burned to the ground. But anyway, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't keep the blueprints. No, like I don't a, think so. <laughs> PDF in there, I don't think so. On their cloud. Mm-hmm. But within five days after the fire occurred, death certificates were issued for the five children, and it had listed the cause of death as death by suffocation or fire. I thought if there was not a bo- body they couldn't That's actually. Clear. Okay. I don't think you, maybe 1945 is different. I have no idea. Yeah, they like probably do what everyone Sometimes to do. these cases are what have caused yeah. us to. So, I guess um, maybe, yeah. It's weird. Morris, again, fire chief, told George to leave the site undisturbed so that the state fire marshal's office could conduct a more thorough investigation. And I'm It's kind of unclear. than two hours? Yeah. Kind of unclear to me if they did more of an investigation. But four days later, George and Jenny were kind of just, they had enough and George bulldozed the property of what was left. I mean, it was already like burned down, but he bulldozed over it with dirt. Why? He wanted to create a memorial. So they wanted to plant a garden and just kind of. Within five days? Within four days. Four days? Mm hmm. I know that the grieving process, but. Won't get this. Don't they you were... want to invest? Like do your own investigating at least. And... Yeah. So they were too grief stricken to attend the children's funeral on January second, nineteen forty six. But all the surviving children were. They went and buried. The. Is it George and Jenny? The parents. Yeah. Did they? Did they do this? I don't know what happened. But the five kids, they had funerals for them, and the parents did not go. Yeah, I heard that. The fuck. Because they were grief stricken, but four days they just went and covered it all. Mm-hmm. Don't know. It's weird. Anyway, at this point though, the family starts to question everything that went on leading up to the fire that happened during the fire and what they were told about the five children where they what they didn't find their remains. Mm-hmm. So one of their questions that they pondered was why would their christmas lights still have been on during the blaze if there was faulty wiring oh yeah you said that was going to come back mm-hmm. so i'm not an electrician but apparently faulty wiring means nothing's really going to be working yeah all the other lights were mm-hmm. like down. So. so yes they're so, like how is that are we sure this is faulty wiring our lights are on? Move on to another question. That ladder that George frantically looked for that was always leaned against the house was later found in a ditch about 75 feet away. Odd. I don't think George is the type to just leave his shit laying around. Maybe. I don't know, maybe. He's a lot of fucking kids. True. It could be one of those fucking kids. What if it's things. like never out of place? That's yeah. just so odd. And it's odd. So, odd. Next, we have a telephone repairman. He told the family later that the house's phone line had been cut. So whenever she tried to call the fire department, but they got... It the hadn't been cut after the lady called. Mm-hmm. So we have a bit of a timeline. Huh. So the telephone repairman determined it had been cut, and it was cut by someone who was willing to climb up the pool 14 feet and reach two feet away. How tall is the ladder? Probably pretty tall. I'm sure 1645 ladders are tall as shit. Mm. Um, for real, for real. But yeah, I would assume whoever cut the telephone line went and grabbed that ladder and used that to get up there uh-huh. and then ditched the ladder. No one's coming down from the ladder or using it to save someone. Um, this was unrelated but it seems weird, right? I'm confused where the kids went though because how would they get the, the kids out? maybe they died in the fire i don't know nobody knows later there was also so uh, presumably the same one who had cut the telephone line (laughs) there was a man that was later identified by neighbors and arrested for stealing a block and tackle from the solder's family around the time of the fire and a block and tackle is just like a pulley like levy system that you can use to lift heavy objects if you use it to lift engines out of vehicles or just other, like, Mm -hmm. heavy-ass shit. Could you lift, like, a human out of a building to save them? I don't, like, bring them down. I don't know how high they would go. I was just curious if that was, like... No, I think you're kind of, like, holding it and operating it at the same time. It's, like, at your level, and you're just using it to pick up heavy things. But anyway, someone was arrested for stealing that, and... He did it, admit to it later that he did intend to cut the power line, not the phone line. So, so he was admitting to cutting the phone line by amid- accident? Yes, because he was trying to steal some shit and he went to cut the power line but cut the phone. On that same night at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just a series of unfortunate yep. events again. I guess so. None of that was ever really explained or looked into further. So no one really all these people just like we're gonna do a bunch of shit to them. I don't know. Oh, like the, the lady movie. calling the thud. It's weird. It's definitely weird. So that wasn't really looked into anymore. And then also the family had trouble accepting the fire chief's belief that all traces of the children's bodies had been burned completely in the fire. When many of their household appliances were still recognizable. That's crazy. Uh-huh. So she was still seeing like stove... Bits of the stove and, you know, toaster and whatever else appliances you have in 1945. But no children's remains. None at all. And they were all in different parts of the house, presumably. Presumably, those five were together. Oh. Due to how the bedrooms were, they believe they're up in the attic in the one room. Oh, okay. I thought you were only, like, two were up in that room and then there was... Sorry, I the Michael. Jenny lost. believed when she closed the house up after finding Marion on the couch, couch she knew or she believed at that point the, the rest of the kids who had stayed up later went up to the attic to sleep. So that must have been where they usually slept. Okay, okay. That's how so exactly. it was supposed Okay. Yeah. But interesting. Again, yeah. So Jenny being, you know, bad that she is, she's like, I'm gonna figure this out. So she contrasted the results of the fire with a newspaper account of a similar house fire that happened around the same time. So she saw an article of something similar that happened. However, the fire killed a family of seven, and all skeletal remains were found for all the victims. Yeah, even normal. a baby. Even a baby. Yeah. So if it has to do with size, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, like you'd still see a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Because that was the youngest, right? Five. Youngest was three, but she... Oh, I'm sorry. That was missing, yes, five. Oh, okay. They're very young kids, so. three. Yes. Sorry. But yes, the youngest who was missing would have been five years old, so not the size of a baby. So, after Jenny compared this, she was like, there's no way. They couldn't have found any part of my five children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she decided to kind of test her own theory. She burned small piles of animal bones to see if they would be completely consumed. If she could ever get it to, like, Get completely cremated and she never could. I mean I don't know how well she conducted these tests with him so bones. she was just... I don't know if she was just using like doing it in her oven or if a <laughs> bonfire outside I'm not sure even so you can't get you can't get it hot enough you can't the that's like why crematories are like a thing that's mm-hmm. why like kilns exactly right? yeah. so at that point that's when she contacted a local crematorium and like I had mentioned before. They have told that human bones will remain even after bodies are burned at 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit or 1,090 degrees Celsius for two hours, which is way longer than and hotter than that house fire. And even in like crematoriums, they can't even get everything burned down. Exactly. A lot of time, it's still yeah, it's still grinded up in like bits and pieces of bones. Like they can't. It's so hard. Yeah. That's why like if you kill someone like don't try and get rid of the evidence no Duh. we know from experience Just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: so many better
1: options but
0: for else so she was like okay i don't believe that there would would have been no remains found and at that point so they're questioning again everything they're questioning the meaning behind the stranger that showed up asking for work and then commented on those fuse boxes mm-hmm. why would somebody say that unless so they knew what I was going to happen someone say that my only other defense would be maybe this was just a random stranger, wasn't being malicious, but was maybe foreseeing something was going to happen and was sensing some bad shit. And he's like, hey, I have a feeling that these two, this is going to cause a fire someday. So like, that's like that's point. Out. yeah, yeah that. right. Could be, but it's a weird coincidence when you look at everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. But again, they didn't have anything to like go track this guy down. They're just kind of like, that was weird.
1: Yeah, wonder no, what no, that no, means. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, the insurance salesman also, what the fuck? And then they questioned the truck's failure to start that night as well. And he went and tried to start those trucks that worked perfectly the day before. He thought that maybe the conditions. How cold was them. it? That's the thing. I think it was either it was too cold, that mm. water was frozen solid. So maybe it was too cold from the start or maybe they flooded the engines trying to get them to start. Yeah, that was, that's my only argument with Mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, that's, we know like certain, especially like diesel trucks and stuff, like if you're Mm -hmm. not, well, I don't know, 1945, like if you're not like, don't have them plugged in, if you're not starting them with like properly and flooding them, like it's cold. Yeah. It's not, not starting. So I think it was either probably too cold or they flooded boboom in their haste to get them started. They just, you know, fucked it up. But... And sometimes you're so frantic and stuff, like things don't mm-hmm. work properly because exactly. you're so frantic. Exactly. So, to so I feel like that one could be explained away because they never came out and said like, oh, we saw that it was tampered with or these never worked again. That never came up. So I assume they worked eventually after that there wasn't an issue with it but it was still a weird yeah. part of the night especially both of them mm-hmm. and I think one was started by George and one was started by George or John hmm. the son. Mm-hmm. so but John did come <clears throat> back later and he also kind of believed maybe they did end up flooding him but he didn't really know anyway what was the wrong number phone call The girl laughing you mean mm-hmm. so big question: is this part of something yeah well so i was gonna ask earlier if you thought that was someone calling to make sure they were home that, that night i thought it's like it, it's christmas eve maybe they were traveling maybe mm-hmm. they're going to see family maybe they were at a party like is that the warning slash are you home is it or is because they did track that lady down police did they found the woman. She did confirm it was a wrong number. But again, they could lie. Right. But, Where was she when she called? I don't know. Parker. But, or, you know, was it that? Or just kind of maybe like that stranger who commented on the fuse boxes? Was this just another sign from the universe? Like, hey, I'm warning you. There's something that's going to happen. She's like so weird because she calls and then travel time. It was like, what, about an hour after she called? They heard a thud on the roof. hmm So like travel time it doesn't like it takes a while, I'm assuming. It takes seven hours to get two fucking miles. Um I don't know, maybe someone left from there. Or but think, if it had nothing to do with it. it the chances like a- of this woman getting put through by the operator to Jenny Sauter on the night that her fire burned, what else could that be if it wasn't if it wasn't something part of what happened you know if it wasn't someone who's in on it what else could it be besides just like a sign from the universe yeah and they just weren't listening yeah yeah they had that strangers commenting on the fuse boxes mm-hmm. and then that's why nothing, it could go either way yeah you know what could. i mean other than the insurance salesman saying that <laughs> shit but those two things at least could go either way and then you know it was just weird timing so I don't know part of me feels like it's just could have been signs at the same time and again then she stopped after her phone call and she noticed the lights were left on the door was unlocked curtains were open that was another kind of like "Oh, let me stop and think about what's going on yeah but she left the kids right yeah but it could have been another like sign hey go check on the kids maybe you know what I mean yeah, sure I don't think I would though. though. I would just be like, God damn it, I told you to just unlock yeah. the she door. She was annoyed. Like I do she that I do too. that with Wyatt. I, <laughs> I see that. I get that. <laughs> Come on, dude. But then yeah, <laughs> just kidding. her being woken up by something hitting the roof, mm-hmm. falling down, mm-hmm. and she didn't get up to check it out. So strange. And relating to that, when spring came around, because again this happened in December. Once spring finally came around, shit started to melt. Well, they planted flowers for the garden, for like the memorial. Tended it carefully. But at one point, the youngest daughter found a small, dark green, rubber-like object in the brush nearby. Meaning, like, what was it? Well, it was hard to tell what exactly it was. But after George thought about what Jenny had claimed about hearing that thump on the roof... And looking at the object, George believed that it resembled what looked like a napalm pineapple bomb that was used in the war. Like it, like the older kid came back and fucking <laughs> no, I don't just know. Kidding. that's a theory. It's the old, yeah, <laughs> that's a fucking theory. And what's <laughs> weird also is later, this bus driver came forward after this happened saying that he passed through Fayetteville. Late Christmas Eve, and he saw people throwing balls of fire, quote, balls of fire, at the house. Someone would have noticed that. Like, in your panic, you don't see people outside throwing fire? Well, this is when they're sleeping. This is what they think hit the roof. A ball of fire? Maybe pineapple bomb. Maybe home pineapple bomb. Maybe. You pair those two things together, you would have seen more than one of the caps, though, right? Maybe, unless it was in the ash and bulldozed over. And when did this driver fucking report this? That I'm not sure. He's randomly gonna come out and say <laughs> that shit? Yeah. So who knows? So that was all weird, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, dude. Um, and then what gets weirder is there ends up being sightings of the children after the fire. Really? Mm-hmm. And George, the father... All of them, like, together? Yes and no. So George would follow up on all these leads in person. So he's a good-ass dad. And he travels to all these areas that these tips come in. So I'm going to read through a couple of these sightings. They There had been time that passed in between some of these sightings, but I'm just going to read through them so I have them all in one section. You know what I mean? So one woman who was watching the fire from the road. So, I don't know if she was a neighbor, but she was watching the fire occur from the road. Okay. Watching. You don't see fire. People go help. Yeah. How about it? I don't know what you're going to do, but... Bring them into your something. house. Yeah. yeah. So, she was watching the fire from the road, and she claims to have witnessed the children, those five, peering out of a passing car while the house was burning. What? Yeah. Like, with someone else, or, like, someone they're all... Driving. The youngest was what? 14? Weird. Think. 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 Was the oldest 14? Yeah. 14, 12, 10, 8, 5. 14, 12, 9, 8, five. Um, nine, eight five. Yeah. yeah. So 14 was the oldest. So I don't think they're going to be driving. Possibly. I started driving uh, at 14. That explains a lot. Like my back roads and stuff. It wasn't mm-hmm. like real roads. I mean the roads, but. Anyhow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anywho. So a woman had seen the kids leaving the house during the fire in a stranger's car. Did just say, like, what? Again, I don't know when this sighting came out. Some People like to just insert themselves, they do. I think, sometimes. <laughs> Another woman at a rest stop between Fayetteville and Charleston said that she had served the children breakfast the next morning and noted that there was a presence of a car with Florida plates in the parking lot. She thought that was all awesome. Okay, that seems a little bit more like believable, I feel like, Mm -hmm. than the neighbor being. I don't mean maybe the neighbor is telling the truth. I just feel like you wouldn't you like run over and be like, I just saw your kids in the truck. Is everything okay? or Well it's probably people that again don't know them and they just see the newspaper and they're like, Shit, I saw a gaggle of kids and there was a car in the parking lot with a floor license plate. Yeah. It could be anybody at that time. Yeah. Gets a rest stop. Especially with like this eight era with like the immigrants like that did Mm -hmm. come over, like you were a lot stronger in like your facial like Mm -hmm. I mean maybe you would be like, Oh, they seem someone or like an Italian family or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. There was that. Didn't really pan out to anything though. I mean she said this, but like how are they gonna trace anything? On another occasion, George saw a photo in a magazine, well, George and Jenny saw a photo in a magazine of a group of young ballet dancers in New York York City. One of those girls looked like their missing daughter, Betty. So George drove all the way there to the girls' school and tried repeatedly to get in to see her for himself, to confirm if it's his daughter, but he was refused, obviously. Yeah, I mean... So, but when someone... When you lose someone or multiple times you, you see their faces. Yeah. Or just when you miss someone, you, you see their faces. You like faces. You stretch a little mm-hmm. bit. Like so, this could be her. And I don't think there was ever any recorded like picture of what they had seen mm-hmm. like, throughout the articles that I had read. I didn't I don't think anyone had I mean, okay. any found proof of that. So who knows? But Another occasion, we have Ida Crutchfield. She was a woman who ran a Charleston hotel, claimed to have seen the children approximately a week afterwards. That's kind of weird to me. Why would they still be, like, in the area? A week after. Yeah. But whatever. And she said, I do not remember the exact date, but she said in a statement um, that so she said that the children had come in around midnight with two men and two women, all of whom appeared to be of italian
1: descent
0: were hmm. two men two women with the children all seemed to be italian and she attempted to go talk to the children went up to the table and well one of the men looked at me in a hostile manner he turned around and began talking rapidly in italian immediately the whole party stopped talking to me and she recalled that they left early left the hotel early the next morning I just don't think they would be in the area. I don't think so. Not a week after. And They're not bringing morning? all sure. the kids. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they are all young. Maybe impressionable. Maybe this was people they knew. And that's why they weren't. Yeah. It's a small town, though, right? I think so. I mean, it seems like yeah. Like, wouldn't they know who these, like, if you know the dad, like, don't you know, like, the kids and stuff? Yeah. Another sighting, there was a woman from St. Louis, Missouri. She claimed that Martha, one daughter, was being held in a convent there. Well, so like, this, I don't know. That's thing? I don't know if these people just think We're they're, fucking parents, they're fucking with the parents, dude. Or they That's the thing. Like, are they genuinely thinking they're seeing these children? Yeah. they don't really know what they look like, you know, in person. Or are they just fucking with parents? Because, you know, people will do that shit. Mm -hmm. They do it all the time. You hear them in true crime cases. So I wouldn't put it past people, but it's just weird. Another one, we have a bar patron in Texas who claims to have overheard two other people making incriminating statements about a fire that happened on Christmas Eve in West Virginia some years before. That didn't pan out either. So it's just kind of like, I heard these people talking about Aspire as if they were involved or there. Them. There was also talk that a relative of Jenny's. I love how there's so many columns for something like this that don't seem mm-hmm. legitimate. Yeah. Like people, yeah. It's so weird. There was a there was talk that a relative of Jenny's in Florida had children that looked very similar to Jenny and George's. So George went to visit this relative and was like show me your kids prove to me that they're yours and not mine yeah. well, this is wild because earlier i said i appreciate like how descriptive this like m- missing persons thing is uh-huh. and it says underneath like very descriptive uh, a small scar here a scar on the back of that here about this size a mole in the back of the this daughter's like uh I think it was Betty's like arm or something mm-hmm. like that, like very descriptive. So like you would know those things yeah. don't go away. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you looking for that with your kids if you're gonna chase this down? Also, it's a cousin. There's a possibility they look like, or maybe there's C- could she not have kids? Maybe it's suspicious that she has kids with her. but Maybe it just as relatives. So I don't really know what the um, relation was, but like my older sister and our cousin, like not even first cousin, a so distant. They look like twins. Mm-hmm like more than it's weird I look like that's it's your weird. question no it honestly doesn't it's just like holy shit those jeans were strong on that side yeah, about it so yeah it could have been just that and how what kind of weird scenario would that be it's like your sister you know like your relative's husband comes to your house and is like, kids, half make, kids. like I don't need to know if these kids are yours or mine yeah <laughs> let me see why well, are half my kids missing and you uh you have five kids now mm-hmm. that look like mine yeah what a weird coincidence in 1967 there was a tip that came in from Houston wait so what happened with that like nothing mm-hmm. nothing it wasn't his through. kid it was
1: you know, oh my god yeah
0: so embarrassing I know but it's sad it's really sad because you're seeing you're seeing him grieving and He's oh, trying to bring his kids back. Just hoping. He would mm-hmm. She's in every possible rumor or lead. So in 1967, there was a tip that came in from Houston. A woman there had written to the family saying that Lewis had revealed his true identity to her one night after having too much to drink. So Lewis was obviously one of the boys. He might have been the nine-year-old. No. Lewis was the Eight or nine? ten-year-old. Yeah. Yep, 10. So there was a woman that believed she overheard the real Lewis talking when he was really drunk and he kind of accidentally revealed his true identity. She believed that Lewis and Maurice were both living in Texas somewhere. So one of the other brothers, she believed that both of them were living somewhere in Texas. So George and his son-in-law, Grover Paxton, which what a name, that's his son-in-law, assuming married married to marion they went to investigate this lead but they were unable to speak with the woman who had called in the tip however the police were able to help him find those two men that she was talking about and when they spoke with them they denied being george's sons you know to his face like no we're not your kids but the son-in-law paxton he said that doubts about that denial lingered in george's mind for the rest of his life Like he questioned if Still, if they were actually his sons and just told him no, but they're not. Well, does Maurice have a freaking scar? Does he have a scar on his left? I don't know. This is like twenty years later. No, things can change, Uh, especially with kids. Yeah, facial hair and stuff. Oh man. So is that what this like is? Is that like what he looked like when that happened, or what? No, this is something else. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So. This is next. So there's a letter that was received that year addressed to Jenny. She found it in the mailbox. And it was postmarked Central City, Kentucky, had no return address. Kentucky, West Virginia is pretty close. Inside this letter contained a picture of a young man of around 30 years old. So that's the one you're looking at. Okay. Features strongly resemble Lewis's. So they I mean that's what they believed that they thought Lewis looked very similar to this. 30 year old ish man. It stretch, been, though. He's so and he would have been 30 at this time. Yeah, you I know. see it, but. On the back of this photo had writing. It said, Louis Sauter, I love brother Frankie, Illil Il Boys, which is just I L I L, boys, A 90132435. And I have that, that text mean? underneath that photo, I believe. I yeah, you do. Absolutely. No one knows what that means. They don't know if that's code. They don't know. There's not a brother Frankie. I was just going to say, I don't remember you saying it. name. But it's Louis Sauter. I love I brother what, Frankie. I don't know what I L I L boys is. What's the number? So no one ever figured out what this means. I hope someone cracks this someday, because that would be really interesting to figure out.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that like the number they got when they were taken? I don't know. Is it code from Lewis? Like, he was kidnapped, and he's trying to, like... Yeah, but why would he say Lewis' daughter? Like, of all the code, like, you know... Able to keep your name. I don't know, maybe it was someone else that sent it for him? Yeah. Or is it someone just fucking with the family? Right. I mean, I see where they're getting, like, the similarities. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like how I feel like you could go out in a very populated area and mm-hmm. like kind of pick out that face yeah. for a lot. Of... I, it is similar. Yeah, it's hard. I, I have no idea. I don't know what to say about that. It's weird. I'm not gonna analyst expert, whatever. But the shadow in this little pic- the picture of him at, like, 10 looks like he has, like, a little, like, goatee. Mm-hmm. A little bit. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, and that letter and photo gave the family hope. And that's and, all it said
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the back. Yeah. So, the family decided to hire a private investigator named CC C. Tinsley. They just don't name people like they used to. You know, they I mean. don't CC Tinsley from the nearby nearby town of Golly Bridge to look into the case for them. That's also don't name towns, I think. <laughs> I mean, obviously because all the towns are named. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, Tinsley informed them that the insurance salesman who had threatened George about his anti-Mussolini sentiments, he had been on the coroner's jury that rolled the fire an accident by faulty wire. That's fucking suspicious. That's very suspicious. Uh-huh. He it, and that's that's it on that. Nothing further with this insurance agent. That's it. That's, that's all it. you're going to tell me that's about that. That's all that we have on that. That like he was just linked to. He was to... never really looked into. Yeah. Well, that's explained to the jury. They died of suffocating, right? Because mm-hmm. they have a say in like how they. I don't know if the coroner's jury has any say on what's put on the death certificates. Yeah. For the cause of death. But. They agreed with the other jurors that it was faulty wiring. Welcome, okay. you Yeah. The private investigator also learned of rumors around Fayetteville that despite the fire chase report to the family about not finding any remains, that he had actually found a heart, which he later packed into a metal box and secretly buried. Wait, what? Wait, who said this? Rumors. There's just rumors around town. How would a heart not burn? A heart would burn. It's the bones, people. Right? It's the bones, people. <laughs> Come on, it's the bones. <laughs> right? Yeah. I I, I think just find a heart laying there. Yeah, you know I mean? because like that's the thing with like smoke inhalation and stuff. Like your your insides start burning mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Yeah. Like, it and get so hot. I like... don't think. I don't think you'd be finding a heart. I don't, think, heart like that. I don't think you'd just find a heart. Uh-uh. But anyway. So I bet you he found something though, and it was a heart. Rumors he found this heart, put it in a metal box. In secret. That's what's weird. He Put it in a box and he buried it. That's what's weird to me. Never to be again. These rumors came about. Apparently he confessed all this to a local minister in town, who in turn confirmed it to George. So the investigator, you know, went and talked to this, this minister, and the minister broke his code and was like, shit, this dude just confessed this shit to me. I don't think you're allowed, or are you? Or I ministers mean, allowed to say like, "What I people you I don't say think procession. so, but unless like even if it, because even TV shows, like if it's murder, like they they don't say like, "Oh, I'm at like I'm at liability to go tell on you," right? Right. I, yeah, I don't because I right, don't know. I can, yeah, I don't know how it works. I, I don't know But I've never confessed before in church, so <laughs> I never I never foot in church. Just kidding. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, he supposedly confessed this, so George and Tinsley went to Morris to confront him, and Morris agreed to show the two where he had buried this metal box, and they went and dug it up together. They took what was inside the box to a local funeral director, who, after examining it, told them it was actually a fresh beef liver that had never been exposed to fire. (gasps) Oh my, wait, why did he bury it? No fucking clue. Except rumors and the rumors came out saying that Morris had later admitted the box with the liver had indeed not come from the fire originally, and he supposedly placed it there in the hopes that Sauders would find it and be satisfied that the missing children indeed died in the fire. I don't know. What think, the fuck? How stupid are he you, thought, you anyways that you would find gonna, a heart? How's it gonna help that the, the family fi- finds the heart in a metal box buried? in the basement how is that going to make them feel better i can't if they believe thought that the type of people, people were allowed out. to have the jobs it, but it was 1945 and they were short-staffed jesus yep. christ yeah so <laughs> that happened and then george also tried to get the fbi involved because he believed at this point he was know, a kidnapping. poor boy okay. i feel he so bad have. for the family <laughs> and Drumroll here, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover personally responded to his letters, quote, Although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this Bureau. My sweetheart. Yeah. I know, he just does everything for the right people. Yeah. If the local authorities requested the Bureau's assistance, he added, he would, of course direct agents to assist, but the fake the police and fire departments decline to do so. Because yeah. they have to get permission to go in and help. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't need your help. Case closed. Honest. Why deny help at all? Like well that. a lot of people do have a problem with like the FBI because they're like, we can do it out and like the big we I,
1: don't I feel like yeah. Maybe.
0: But they also could be covering something up. That's my problem. That'd be really nice. Now I come to August of 1946, so a little less than a year after it happened. George persuaded Washington, D.C. pathologist Oscar Hunter to He got a pathology. lot of leads he in a very a, short amount yeah, of time. He got a lot of connections. <laughs> not, there. not that they followed up, but. Right. So he convinced a pathologist, Oscar hunter to supervise a new search through the dirt at the house site remember because he bulldozed it he shouldn't have done that <laughs> no he shouldn't have. shouldn't have i know you could be irrational when you're grieving but you shouldn't have done that, that he also really could have crushed sad. some of the bones yes. if there were any because they only looked for two hours anyway. but he, they, they took their word for it you know so after thorough search. Artifacts, including a dictionary that had belonged to the children, and some coins were found. Oh, so that survived. Several small bone fragments were also unearthed and unearthed and determined to have been a human vertebrae. These fragments were then sent to Marshall T. Newman, who was a specialist at the Smithsonian Institution, and they were confirmed to be lumbar vertebrae, all from the same person. So one set of remains. mm mm-hmm. Quote, since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been 16 or 17 years. So, they're just talking about, like, when bones fuse at certain ages. So, they think it should have been around 16 or 17, but the top limit of age for when those bones would fuse would be 22. Oh. The limit on the high end for how old they could have been. Oh, oh, oh. So, it's in between those times, and there was no kid that that was a that's the thing given that age range it's not very likely that these balloons, balloons these bones belong to any of the five missing children because the oldest Maurice would have been 14 at the time unless he had some superior bone exactly structure. so they did mention although like that report allowed that going the vertebrae average. of a boy his age sometimes were advanced enough to appear to be at the lower end of that range so he could have looking at his bones could have looked like a 16-year-old when he was actually 14. Okay. They didn't yeah, make him look range older. older. <laughs> Everyone was older in 19. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyway. but still, that is a huge range. Like, if the yeah. top, like, the max is 22, like, I don't know. that's Like, for that to happen, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The Smithsonian... Who else would be up there? That's the thing. I don't I, That's. Well, we'll get to that a little bit here. So the brother. Maybe. I don't know. So that Smithsonian specialist he added that the bone showed no sign of exposure to flame. So these remains that they found after a thorough search. Someone placed those fucking bones there. Well, maybe or maybe it came from whatever dirt. Was filled in there, so there's someone else dead there. <laughs> Maybe wherever he got this dirt because again, he hauls dirt to construction sites. Oh. So it could have been a weird coincidence that whatever pile of dirt he decided to use to cover this site just happens to have human oh remains my in my God, another young person who had died for some reason, yeah. And between the age of 17 and 22. Mm-hmm. that was a 20. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. It would have to be. Because they're like, also, how would that be the only remains to be found out of the five children? Any yeah. of them. You're only finding one set that all belong to the same person? Yeah. That's weird. And because it, that fire was such, like, the specialist is also saying, because that fire burned so quickly, it should have left full skeletons of all the children behind. So, like, mm. we have specialists, scientists confirming there should have been remains left behind of all five in those conditions. The The report concluded that the vertebrae had instead most likely come from the dirt, again, that George used to bulldoze the site. Later, that private investigator, Tinsley, supposedly confirmed that the bone fragments had come from a cemetery in nearby Mount Hope, but Mm -hmm. could not explain why they had been taken from there or how they came to be at the fire site. How How did they know that it came from there? There's nothing on that. It does not elaborate for how why he thought that. Unless, like, Unless he saw them and they didn't exactly. want to tell someone Maybe. Like, someone. Maybe. The Smithsonian ended up returning those bone fragments back to George in September of 1949. I don't really know why that they would just give these bones back to someone. This is such a weird it's very case. Weird because no one knows where those bones ended up after they give them back to George. George is probably like, these are my kids. Mm-hmm. Chuck them out the window. I have no they idea. Go back to the dirt. Why file. would they give them back? Why wouldn't they just keep them? They're yeah. Smithsonian. Come on. keep You keep bones. <laughs> anyway like keep until you have further testing the dna tested or some shit yeah <laughs> all right anyway so the whole investigation and the findings attracted obviously national attention to this case and west virginia legislator held two hearings on the case in 1950 and after these hearings governor okey that's his name o-k-e-y first name okey l pattison and the state police superintendent, W.E. Burchett. Again, they don't name people like they used to. They told the Sauer family that the case was, quote, hopeless, and they closed it at the state level. Sad. At this point, because of that, the FBI decided it now had jurisdiction as a possible interstate kidnapping. I don't know where they, how they got to that, just from them closing it at the state level. Well, why, Unless, they, why did they want to pick it up? Just because he messaged... I don't know why they didn't do it right away, and now... Yeah, that's right. So, eventually, though, like, they did drop... They looked into it, but they dropped the case after two years because they were just following, like, fruitless leaves at that point. But, again, the Sauter family still didn't give up, and even though the official efforts to resolve the case had come to an end, the Sauters refused to give up hope. They printed flyers with pictures of the children, and... They offered a $5,000 reward, which they very soon doubled that to $10,000. So $10,000 in 19, helps us now, 50, I don't know, almost 200000 That's probably crazy. today. They offer that for each kid or any information they can get on any of the kids. For each kid. Yeah, I mean, whatever, each anything kid they could that get. Can it, help yeah. Help wow. any of the kids that much money. So you know they were serious about it, right? I mean, right. By 1952, the family put up a billboard at the side of the house and another along U.S. Route 60 near Anstead with the same information on it. And that billboard, or both of them, became landmarks for traffic through Fayetteville. And I do, I did include. you probably already saw the picture, but. Oh, that's what it was. It might have been the last picture with the billboard. And around this time, too, was when that picture or quote unquote photo of Lewis with that writing on the back. Around this time is when Jenny ended up receiving that letter. I just, I threw all those sightings again in one section of the when episode. When this. When they put, after they put that billboard up, they got that letter. So they went and added the photo that they got in that letter to the billboard as well. They also made a copy of it and enlarged the photo and put it over their fireplace. Because they really did believe that this photo they received with that writing on the back was their son Lewis. Mm-hmm. But, I
1: don't
0: know. That's weird. Then they hired another private investigator to help them out. They asked him to go to Central City, where that letter was postmarked, mm-hmm. to investigate where, it came, where the picture came from. This private investigator never reported back to the Sauters, and they were never able to locate him. The fuck? Did they yeah. pay him? I believe so. So I think he just took their money. Scam and artist. It. Fucker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, 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 yep um so later i think the following year george admitted to the charleston gazette mail late the next year that the lack of information had been quote like hitting a rock wall we can't go any further time is running out for us but we only want to know if they did die in the fire we want to be convinced otherwise we want to know what happened to them oh man 1969 george Sauter passed away Jenny and her surviving children, except John, which is the oldest, who never talked about that night, except to say that the family should accept what happened and get over, like move on with their lives. So he he couldn't stand that they consumed their life with it. He, lives with it. He wouldn't it. talk about it. He wouldn't really be associated with them. So Jenny and the other surviving children continue to seek out answers to their questions about the missing siblings' fate. After George passed away, Jenny ended up staying in their family home. So I think they built not too far from where their first house burned down. Okay, so they kept the property and mm-hmm. stayed there? Because they, again, had a memorial like garden where the house was, so she kind of tended that forever. But at the house they were currently living in, she stayed there, and she put up fencing all around it, and she added like additional rooms to the house. And... Mm-hmm. Like, sad, like she was hoping they'd come home. Yeah, but the fencing around the house is a little concerning, like paranoid how high was the fencing i don't know to really stop in i don't know but it's sad it's really, sad.
1: It's know, really yeah. sad it gives
0: me like sarah winchester vibes <laughs> the winchester mansion but anyway so yeah it was a really sad rest of her life and for the rest of her life she wore black in mourning always and again she tended that garden at the side of the former house jenny eventually passed away in 1989 and the wow. family finally took down the billboard. So they waited until My she passed God. to take it down. The surviving solder children and their own children continued to publicize the case and investigate the leaves. They, along with older Fayetteville residents, have theorized that the Sicilian mafia was trying to extract money from George and the children may have been taken by someone who knew about the planned arson and said that maybe they could get the children out safe if they left with them. They think it was the mafia. I don't. That's like weird though, because who would come and just save like half of them? And Marion was on the and couch. Just in that amount of time, how are they getting five kids out calmly? Yeah. Not waking anybody else up when Jenny is the light unless sleeper. They she used, is like that ladder to get to the unless they got unless they were all outside feeding the chickens and putting the cows in, and they snatched them. Then maybe Marion fell asleep before the kids went out to finish that up, and the Good kids never came back into the house. Yeah. So it could be. It's hard to say, but they think that if that was the case and they were kidnapped, that they were possibly taken back to Italy. And if the children had survived all those years and were aware that their parents and siblings had survived the fire, maybe they think that they needed to avoid contact in order to keep them safe. So maybe they were like told that. Don't you think one of them would have came out by now? I would think so. They've I guess died. maybe they're young, but the older ones went that they would remember like a fire being taken like right so the the youngest and this is kind of sad so sylvia who was three at the time she was the youngest surviving solder solder child and at three years old she said that the night of the fire was her earliest memory that she had but yeah it's really sad. quote i was the last one of the kids to leave home and she means like later in life like Mm -hmm. she was the last kid to leave home She and her father often would stay up late talking about what might have happened. Quote, I experienced their grief for a long time. I was thinking this earlier that like she had to really live through it because Mm -hmm. like it was George and Jenny's life and she was so young that like it became her life. yeah. Yeah. She believed that her siblings survived that night and assisted with efforts to find them and publicize the case. Her daughter, so Sylvia's daughter, said in 2006 that she promised my grandparents she wouldn't let the story die, that she would do everything she could. Damn. Mm -hmm. In the 21st century, the family's efforts have come to include online forums like WebSleuths.com, in addition to media coverage. The increase in the latter has led some who have examined the case to believe that the children did in fact die in the fire in 1945. George Bragg, a local author who wrote about the case in his 2002 book, West Virginia's Unsolved Murders, believes that John was telling the truth in his original account when he said he tried to physically awaken his siblings before fleeing the house. He believes that that first story was accurate. But again, again, you're just going off of your -hmm. beliefs. There's no actual evidence of either. John, why would he say that and then come back and say, no, I just yelled out to them. I didn't actually see them. Why would he come back and say that? Yeah. Unless he's second guessing himself, Maybe, because he didn't see me, Yeah, I yeah. don't know. But he does allow that the conclusion may not still be correct. "Quote: Logic tells you that they probably did burn up in the fire, but you can't always go by logic." <laughs> so he kind of goes back and is like, "That's the most, the simplest solution or simplest outcome for what happened." Yeah. So it's probably the correct one. Doesn't mean that's always the case. Mm-hmm. Stacy Horn, who did a segment on the case for National Public Radio around its 60th anniversary in 2005, she also believes the children's death in the fire is the most plausible solution. She noted that the fire had continued to smolder all night after the house collapsed, and that two hours was not enough time to search the ash thoroughly. I agree with those things, and it probably did smolder for a long time. Um, yeah. I don't believe enough to have no remains left. Right. But for it to go down just like that quick,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like, of course, it's going to smolder, but it's not so burning. It needs to get that hot and it's not going to it in that amount of time. Right. December, Yeah. So I don't think so. How- I don't think two hours was enough time though. No, I don't either. Not when it the took thing. them I, seven hours right. to even fucking get there. And that's the thing. I don't know if they, if anyone came back to investigate further before George bull- bulldozed it over, mm-hmm. or if he got tired of waiting. It was like I already know that they're dead. He right. Jumped ahead of himself and was just like, I can't look at this anymore. I know they're gone, kind of thing. But he should have left it go in case more evidence was found. Back to Stacy Horn. So, however, she says. There is enough genuine weirdness about the whole thing that if someday it is learned that the children did not die in the fire, I won't be shocked. So that's kind of how I feel too. I'm like, they could have definitely, and we're just missing all the evidence. But there's also a possibility. But all these weird things happened. All these odd things that led up to the up to the fire it was months before. The response time of the fire truck was it all just bad luck, or were the kids kidnapped? Mm-hmm. Like, how can they have found any? Of the remains. Like no one heard the kids screaming. No one saw anything. But again maybe they had smoke inhalation. And right. Didn't move. But all five of them. All five. Yeah, normally That seems like right. what are the odds of that. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I just. Especially when there was other kids. Up in the attic area. Like they didn't hear anybody. like Unless the attic. There was like a like a hallway kind of up in it that's separate i know you said they're mm-hmm. separated but like if someone if john did like yell he didn't hear anything mm-hmm. back like, maybe the fire was roaring mm-hmm. and loud maybe you couldn't hear over it maybe he, he did yell to them and they couldn't hear him yelling to them and mm-hmm. didn't know of you your mom so, yelling mm-hmm. to you know get everybody downstairs yeah so it's really really weird i don't know what my theory is i wouldn't be surprised if this does get solved, if it's something fucking wild, this mm-hmm. part of me thinks maybe it was the whole Italian immigrant community against the solder family, and they all teamed up together. Yep. Like, that's what I was thinking. You know one I want a conspiracy, and I would go with that one. That one's their are they Yeah. But what did they do with the kids? And did why they... only take half the kids? Mm-hmm. Maybe nine was too many. you that know? five is a lot. It, it almost feels like they had to have been taken when they went out to put mm-hmm, the animal. How the fuck would they, they know that they're all in the attic? Well, at one point when those kids were walking home, they were being watched. How do you know they weren't watching the family all the time? Oh, that gives me chills, like mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And you know, like even the phone call was that person in on it too, and again alerting other people. Like, yep, they're home. And then someone was throwing the yeah. pineapple bombs onto the roof. Ugh. And maybe they aimed towards the fuse box or something. But the stranger that mentioned about the faulty wiring and the fuse box and that was going to cause fire someday, where does that fit in? Are they helping? Are they threatening? Because if they're threatening, obviously it was already planned, unless something happened with George in the community sometime in between, where they were like, okay, there's no hope for you. We're gonna fuck you over. So, um, it's strange. And some theorize too, maybe the kids were taken and put into like sex trafficking. I was thinking that that was a possibility. And then when you said that maybe the two brothers were in Texas, that the girls were split from them and they were trafficked, trafficked. To- and maybe. But if that was the brothers, why wouldn't they come forward? When their dad was right in front of them, why didn't they admit it's like, that they were yeah. kids? Especially because they were, you know, 10 and 14, you know who your fucking parents are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was maybe they were threatened, washed? brainwashed, or threatened Owed. that if anything comes out, you know, yeah. Indescribable pain, and the whole family will die kind of thing. So, it's weird. It's definitely a mystery, and I hope maybe someday it will get solved, <laughs> but I don't know yeah and maybe it's the simplest answer and they just died in the fire yeah, it did burn that hot maybe. maybe but we don't know yeah so that was I know this was a long one but there was a lot to do yeah, Good job so yeah that anyways. was good I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um I that's all I really had <laughs> I guess <laughs> so shall we sign off or is there anything I think we're, I think I'm good all right. Well, don't forget that if you do love our episodes, please go rate and review. If you can hear a cat licking himself <laughs> in the background, it is Leo, and I'm so sorry. Is water dripping? It's not. It's him licking himself and being disgusting. It's Just kidding. He's licking himself. I'm aware. Okay. Moving on. Anyway, if you've enjoyed the episode and all the episodes, please remember to go rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening on, especially Spotify and Apple. We'd really, really appreciate it. It would really help the podcast. So thank you. Don't forget to follow our Instagram page at UAQ Pod, our Facebook page, like and follow that at Unprofessionals Asking Questions. Send us emails at uaqpod at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at uaqpod.com. You can send in questions there. You can also listen to episodes there if you wish. And we also have our Patreon page set up at patreon.com slash uaq. If you feel so inclined, it would be really helpful if you donated. You can donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. There's different tiers. Eventually, we'll have whole perks for those Patreons who help us out. So keep an eye out for that. And did I hit everything? I think so. I think I did. All right. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.